Oh, son of a nutcracker. Tyler, what happened? I just spilled my Dr. Pepper all over my hoodie. That's a shock. It's ruined. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I know where you can get an even sweeter hoodie. You do? You need to visit dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. You can get pullovers, zip-ups, sweatshirts, even long-sleeve t-shirts with our logo and even our faces on it. Wow, that's awesome. So I can just get shirts and that's alone and hoodies, right? That's it? Oh, no. There's stickers, there's magnets, there's phone cases, mugs, and more. What? Oh, yeah. How don't I know about this? Well, you were a little busy eating, so I didn't want to bother you earlier, but it's Dad's Meat World dot threadless dot com. I need to go there right now. Here's your chance to try a little harder. Welcome to Dad's Meat World. I am one of your dads, Tyler. And I'm your other dad, Brett. Yes, this is a podcast where we go deep into the lores of 90s nostalgia known as Boy Meets World. And we tackle the issues that are most important, like what type of a father should we turn out to be? And are we meeting those type of expectations? Most likely not. And whether or not 1993-1994 weather was accurate in this this series. (laughs) This show has a personal (laughs) vendetta against me. I feel like the creators said, hey, there's a guy in Pennsylvania that we're going to mess with, with the weather. (laughs) That's what I feel like. (laughs) So, Brett, how are you doing on this beautiful uh, fallish day? Oh, this beautiful fallish day. I'm doing all right. Uh, Spent the last week out of town, out of state, actually. I was over in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Took myself a long walk the other direction from Pittsburgh. Just spent the week working behind the scenes at a conference and been nice getting back home. Got to surprise the wife and kids by coming home a day early. It's really nice. nice. Yeah. Set it all up. I was packing my bags while I was talking to Kelly and said, uh, you know, I'm going to lay down. If I fall asleep, I fall asleep. Uh, I might go out and get something to eat later. Three hours later, as I'm parked in the driveway, I let her know that, uh, you know, we've got a ring doorbell. Yeah, I'm talking to her on FaceTime. She can see I'm outside. Uh, let's see that I'm not inside, that I'm outside. You know, where are you? I'm just, you know, been cooped up for four days. I just thought I'd get some fresh air. I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> technically no. not lying. No, no technically not lying. Uh, you know, I saw that uh, on our uh, on our ring that uh, someone hashtag not yet a sponsor ring doorbell uh, talked to us. Great home security for a couple of dads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I got a ring doorbell. Yeah, saw that uh, you know someone left a package uh, for us. Did you guys get it? And so she sent our our middle child out. I was hoping she would have come out, but she sent her middle child out and he comes out. I'm standing in the driveway, which is in full view of the front porch. And uh, he comes out, he looks all over the porch and he does not look at me. <laughs> I'm, I don't know, 40 feet from him. And uh, he <laughs> goes back inside. No, nothing there. So I turn around so that my phone's camera can pick up the... Uh, house with the still up Halloween lights. You know, this is the beginning of November and Halloween lights are right there on, on the house. And it's like, well, our son is not all that observant. And <laughs> it's a beautiful surprise for her and the kids. So how are you doing on this fine fallish day, Tyler? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I feel it's time for a story time. Mm. 
We're going to need a cue at some point, but we do need I a think story in time lieu cue. Of, of your son not being able to find you, I want to talk about another time where he couldn't find the thing he desperately wanted to find, <laughs> and that would be the ducks. <laughs> I know this story. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brett's middle child and his oldest child were uh, Ring Bear and Flower Girl for mine and my wife's wedding. And we were so excited and we were having the rehearsal dinner at my aunt's house. And my aunt has like just this kind of little pond that has some fish in it. Mostly it just has frogs. But Brett's middle was very much convinced at four-ish years old that there were ducks and he was going to find them and Sarah, my wife, needed to help him find the ducks. <laughs> and I was walking, the two of them were together and he was very determined and I go, what you guys doing? And my wife just goes, we are looking for the ducks. I'm like, but there are no, there are ducks. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so to you, Toby, I will tell you that we love and adore you. And this is a story that we tell each other at least four or five times a year. Just oh, to reminisce. Yes. And at it's probably like someday <laughs> when we forget all the drama and all the things that went down at our wedding. The thing we're always going to remember is looking for the ducks. <laughs> yep. Oh, the ducks. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe that's where we can get you guys for Christmas, a duck. Oh, uh, yes. Just add one more animal to the house. You know, the two 80-pound <laughs> dogs won't eat that in one bite. <laughs> no, they're calm, gentle creatures, as long as you don't put your face up against them. <laughs> anyway. Like a story uh, for another day. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Been waiting on some personal life news. Finally got some answers. Just really excited to see what happens. So, uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. That's normally the makeout uh, sound, but uh, I, I didn't see my quick applause button. So that's <laughs> all right. So yeah. There it Yay! I think we talked enough, though, Brett. I think it's time to get into the episode and the synopsis. I agree. So we're going to look at episode 15 of the first season. We're just powering through Model Family. This episode is where Mr. Feeney gives the class a project to plan an ideal family. (laughs) Indeed. To plan an ideal family. He sets Minkus and Sean up as brothers, with Corey and Topanga acting as the parents. Meanwhile, Eric quits his job working with Alan at the Market Giant when he gets a job modeling at the mall. This episode was written by Ed Dechter and John J. Strauss, directed by David Trainer. originally aired February 4th, 1994, the beginning of what we called in the 90s, Sweeps Month. And... Currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.7. Very nice. Thank you very much for that. You are quite welcome. That's my my radio dad voice right there. So how are you enjoying it, good listeners? <laughs> anyway, the episode starts uh, a little differently. We see that um, we're watching the beginnings of uh, an episode from another show that they're watching as a class. And, you know, it's not that uncommon for as a teaching strategy to use 
something from a television show as a, hey, you know, what can we take from this? What what can we gain from this? Or, I don't know, starting a podcast doing this, basically the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can tell you over a span of a decade, I lost count of how many times I used uh, clips from TVs and movies as teaching elements. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... You know, honest to goodness, if uh, Corey and Sean had a podcast in their times, they probably would say, why is Beaver so perfect and this isn't real? <laughs> their first question might be, why is his name Beaver? <laughs> yeah, that would be Sean's first question. Yeah, because even in the 90s, Beaver was, eh, we would have not just made fun of him, but we probably would have been a little more mean than just making fun of him. <laughs> exactly. So just to get into what this is. So it's from Leave it to Beaver, a show from 1990, uh, 1957 to 1963. Oh, People are aware of of why this is here. Okay. Okay. All right. So Leave It to Beaver uh, had over 236 episodes. And it's about the misadventures of a suburban boy, family, and friends. This episode is called The Road Poem uh, from Season 2, Episode 1. Now, I found the actual <laughs> full poem. and I could read it. At this point, I don't want to. But there's also a second poem as well, which is about being a bear. And it's basically like the same poem that you see uh, in how to be a bear would be a much better situation for Beaver than to be who he is as a boy. So basically it's about I, I'd prefer to be an animal. So that way I don't have to do the things that little boys have to do. Makes sense to me. So after <laughs> um, Beaver reads this poem, then there's some back and forth from the family and it ends with the music playing. Everything's happening. And then, you know, Feeney goes, OK, what can we learn from this? And Corey says they're too perfect to TV. And Feeney says, <laughs> I agree, which is uh, not not okay. That's right. I've got a little bit for us here on that. Oh, please. I agree with you, Mr. Matthews. That's not like you. In fact, you brought me to today's assignment. That's like you. So, uh, leave it to be, or um, yeah, leave it to Beaver is a little too perfect. And then we get into the uh, 1950s census. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is what you sent me, which we go on to. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Okay, so you may or may not know this, and it's okay if you don't, but every 10 years, uh, the United States government does a census. Okay, we did one a couple years ago. I'm mostly trying to speak to anyone that's young enough that doesn't have to actually do the census. You know, us <laughs> adults that have to do it. We're very much fully aware of what they are and why we do it. It's annoying, but it's something you have to do. The 1950 census was just released in its entirety. So all documents about it is now 
public access. And I actually found a website that allows you to go through and check the database. We may have to later link it because I currently don't have it on me. Yeah, we can drop it in the, we'll drop it in the show notes for anyone who's really interested. But basically like you, you type in like what state you live in, the county, and then put a name in and then the algorithm will find the best match for you. There's a ton of different documents through it. What I did was I uh, was on the website and I actually went and found some information about the former Volks, if you will. The Volks that came before me that live in the same community as I do still. So basically, I found on the same document my great-grandfather and uh, my great-grandma and then my great-uncle because at the time my great-uncle was not living with my grandparents anymore because he was living on his own. My grandfather... At the time of the 1950 census was 14 years old and was listed as a farm help working 30 hours a week. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I didn't even work that much until I was 18 years old. And my work was not as intense as my grandfather's work as a farm help. <laughs> <laughs> a great uncle. He was 23 at the time, listed also as a farm home. I'm not sure what that meant. I think it's just mostly like he was the the one that was overseeing farm work. He's listed as 72 hours a week, which is insane. But if if he's farm, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, you know, it is. So the average household at the time was 3.5 people per house. Mm-hmm. From the data that I had in 2020 or 2019, it was listed as 2.61 people per household. Basically, from what we are seeing, people living alone in 1950s was roughly 9%, where we'll just say today is roughly like 28%. Mm-hmm. So the reason why that number has dropped is because there's more people that are willing to live on their own and people that are not kind of like forced to stay in marriages because at that time there were people that had to stay in their marriages and could not divorce. That's a topic for a whole nother day. But basically (laughs) the medium house has dropped. But it's accurate for Feeney to say in a few minutes that the average household is two parents, two children. So but we get into Corey saying that Feeney is doing leftovers, which I find hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I, I I admire his ability to think quickly on his feet when Corey explains that The Leftovers is an accusation that he's just redoing an assignment from last year with his recrafting and his urban gangs. And each gang will have <laughs> its own mother and father. <laughs> You just love dangling that little string of hope in front of us and yanking it away, don't you? (laughs) I love this line from Feeney, though. I had a cat. (laughs) And I gotta say, when you have a cat and you actually spend time with it, you see it loves to just mess with something, mess with something, and just take its good old time. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I have another story for another day when it comes to a cat and my dog and a mouse, but we don't have time for that. Coming soon another day. to a Patreon near you, it is yes. Tyler's <laughs> Tyler's cat stories. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, Sean and Minkus are going to be paired as brothers. Which I love when they find out how they just in unison slap their heads. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, 
Corey tries to do the Nerdorama, which I just... Nerdorama! I can't stand this one. It's one of those things that's like, it feels so forced and unnatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Feeney's got some sass, too. And he's got that... Uh, I forget what exactly he says, but he ends his... Uh, he, he's telling his students that... He hopes that they'll enjoy the experience, and he ends with, I know I shall. <laughs> <laughs> and the the other thing is that we discover that uh, Corey and uh, Topanga will also be linked together yes. as husband and wife. Corey is going to be the father. Yeah. Yes! And Topanga's the mother. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then we hit the uh, theme song, and we've made it pretty darn clear how we feel about the theme this summer, and uh, this summer. No! <laughs> yes, that. Um, we've oh, made it very wait. clear how we feel about the first season. Vast emotional damage. <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> so, we move forward, and we get to our mall. A brand new set. We have never seen the mall before. We've heard about it, but we finally get mm-hmm. to see inside. And and the first appearance of Jason. Jason. Yes. Jason, who is going to be very familiar to even young children today. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. is playing Rich, who is, uh, at least for a stretch, the best friend of Eric. Played by Jason Marsden. He has 226 acting credits to his name. This is the first of nine appearances on Boy Meets World. He was also in Full House, where he played Nelson. Mm. Step by Step, Mm -hmm. where he played Rich. Uh, He was young Bruce Wayne in Beware the Batman. He was various voices Mm. in Kim Possible. He played the villain Billy Numerous in Teen Titans. He is the voice of Snapper Car and others in Justice League. He is the voice of Impulse slash Kid Flash in Young Justice. The voice of Max in Goof Troop and the Goofy movies. And also the voice upcoming of Shadow the Hedgehog in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. So Jason is still quite active in the world of Hollywood today. So kudos. Wait a minute. So if we... Get Patreon going, and we watch a movie in which someone from Boy Meets World is in. We could do a Jason episode. Oh, very easily. And we could do Sonic 3. Once it comes out, sure. I have a guest star who would make his day. (laughs) As he says to me quite often, I'm a listener. <laughs> like, I know you are, honey. <laughs> so, yes, Eric and Rich are at the mall scoping out the ladies. And uh, mm-hmm. what does Eric uh, or what does Jason say about the ladies, about the game they're playing? Um, yeah, it's a game. That's basically all he says. Uh, they're basically they're pretending sorry. they don't exist, right? Yes, I I scrolled away from that. I'm sorry. Uh, they pretend it don't exist. Um, that I'm nothing. Bottom line is no one walks away from this. They are very good at this game. Inner, a rich inner life. Basically describes a beautiful woman coming up to him saying, hello, do you know how beautiful you are? <laughs> or handsome you are? Yeah. Jason's. I want to talk to you for a minute. Uh, <laughs> 
Jason's dream of how a woman would approach him is odd, to say the least. His dream, Mm -hmm. the way he describes a woman approaching him to get his attention and start up a conversation that would be at least what we would understand leading into this big romance with him is odd. Hello, Mm -hmm. you're quite attractive. (laughs) I've been waiting to talk to you. (laughs) I do love, though, that the moment that Alexis taps Eric, he immediately looks at him and goes, why? You missed. (laughs) You missed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Alexis is played by Kathy Ireland. 42 acting credits. Only time we'll ever see her on Boy Meets World. Uh, She got her break in Hollywood, at least as far as acting. And Charles in Charge also shows up (laughs) in Tales from the Crypt, Melrose Place. Showed up on Sabrina the Teenage Witch and even provided a voice in King of the Hill. I think what I like about Jason is he is almost equally, if not more, in a bad spot with girls than Eric. Yeah. And honestly, as shallow as this is, he's about a foot shorter than Eric. <laughs> yeah. He's, but he's confident. Uh, he's he what he lacks in height, he makes up for in confidence. He really does. <laughs> he does. But I mean, every time he appears, it's meaningful. Oh yeah, like so he's it gives not Eric more to do. And honest to goodness, the whole time. Excuse me. Honest to goodness, <laughs> the whole time. Um, You know, as a kid, I thought Jason was in the whole first season. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought he was in every episode. He was always around. But no, you know. Yeah, we're 15 episodes deep before we finally meet him. He only shows up, what I say, nine times. Mm -hmm. And this part was actually written for uh, Jason Marsden. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, leading up to this episode, they had cast someone else because his schedule wasn't working out, but his schedule Mm -hmm. actually did finally, it fell through at the 11th hour and they brought him in basically the day before and were able to catch him up to speed. So we could have had a completely different rich. Mm -hmm. And this, it's such a good friendship. I, I am sad that, you know, he kind of goes away and it takes a few years for Eric to get a friend mm-hmm. uh, other than Feeney. It brings a dynamic to him. But anyway, beautiful girl walks up to Eric and says, hey, you should be a model. You're good looking. And what's your name? I used to know this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Eric's what? What Alexis is looking for. Jason is definitely not. That's made perfectly clear to us. Mm -hmm. And there's this really hilarious moment where Jason is just making his last plea. Uh, They've been friends since they're three years old. He's begging Eric to go along for the ride. And Jason has the wherewithal to uh, know immediately it's not happening. See ya. Oh, and so Eric's going to be a model, apparently. And so we go back to the Matthews kitchen. And I have to ask why it's uh, between Corey, Sean, Topanga and Minkus. Real world. Yes, we have the Matthews set. But in the world of Boy Meets World, why are they only me? Why are they meeting in the Matthews kitchen? 
who's to say? Probably because Corey knows that his mom will always have baked goods available and doesn't want to go to Topanga's or... Oh, uh, yeah, you don't want to risk what Topanga's parents might have. <laughs> but Mangus might have the really good snacks. No, I don't know. His parents might send you home with a gift I don't think he trusts Mangus. <laughs> I'm just... I'm going to throw out that Topanga probably said i will show up to your house for the assignment probably i mean she knows where he lives and we've established again she does have a natural crush on Corey. Mm -hmm. and you know in the fourth episode when we first meet her she said and i'd really have to like the boy yep yeah, so I stand on. firm on she still has a crush on him and he doesn't realize that he has a crush on her. Sixth As graders are most so in a they're so not with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So uh, they start going through uh, what it means to be the perfect model or the model husband, uh, wife. And I Brothers. did. I did clip the uh, ideal husband and wife roles for us. Oh, good. So let's give those a listen. I am Topanga's model husband. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just flat out looking forward to this. <laughs> I live my life in harmony with the physical and metaphysical world, aligned with the Navajo spiritual path. Yeah. <laughs> There's just one little thing that might throw this off just a smidge. What? I'm not a Navajo! <laughs> <laughs> so clearly Topanga's pulling from some of her own experience, her own lived experience, and then Corey's got his thoughts. My model wife won't care how dirty my room gets. <laughs> she will always let me win at video games. She will play street hockey at any time, day or night. Uh... I can't say Why that I wouldn't shot? expect this out of uh, sixth graders. Why don't you just marry Sean? Because <laughs> our kids would look like horses. <laughs> and uh, honestly, Minkus and Sean really slip into the roles of brothers as well, too. Don't you hate it when mom and dad fight? No, into it. <laughs> So oh, goodness. Topanga is deep into her uh, Navajo mysticism and traditions. Corey is all about street hockey and video games. Was, uh, would you say there's some truth here to the idea that girls mature just a tad faster than boys? <laughs> I know for a fact they do. I watch it happen <laughs> weekly. But... Again, real quick, just another sport that they're throwing out that Corey is obsessed with, and this is the only time it's ever mentioned. We never hear of street hockey. I don't think we even see any street hockey gear in his room, do we? No. Now, he has Flyers jersey and a Mighty Duck jersey. <laughs> but other than those two things, you never... Yeah, but those, nothing. Are, those are NHL. Those aren't street hockey. I mean, come on. Right. But <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if in Philadelphia, where there is a professional hockey team, if kids had sticks and they actually go out and play street hockey. Oh, yeah. However... In no point do we ever see Corey actually interested in that. He's all about the Phillies, baby. Until now. 
Oh gosh, I can't. I can't do another deep dive into the Phillies. I can't. I won't do it. I refuse to do it, listeners. I won't do it. <laughs> but we do learn something rather interesting about Minkus uh, when he hands over his rather immense binder to Sean about his ideal brother. Minkus lets us in that he's an only child who has fantasized about having a younger brother. And that's why this mm-hmm. binder is so thick. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point where Eric enters and gives us the, anytime I search for Boy Meets World gifts on my phone to send to anyone, this is the gift, the, one of the first three gifts that pop up. It's Eric hopping up on the counter, flipping the hair and saying, Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. <laughs> okay. Do you notice the noise he hits makes the right before that? I didn't clip it, so I forget. <laughs> it's it's he's he's literally hitting the stove because the stove is in the island, it and is. so I don't know why, but the last time I was li- I was watching it, that that noise just like stood out, stood out to me, and I'm like, why is that so? Like, what is so loud? What is metal? I'm like, oh, he's put his foot on the stove. I'm like. <laughs> That's gross. He's put his foot on the stove. His shoe on the stove. Yeah, that is. But at least the stove, it, whether it's gas or, or electric, it's going to burn whatever. It's still gross. There's no way that Amy, who keeps her house tight and neat, is going to be okay with that. Oh, no, she's not. But what do you mm-hmm. think of uh, what what do you think of Eric's monologue for his imaginary ad? Obsession. I thought he felt her hot, mossy breath on his eye. He blinked. She was gone. The beating of wings. Obsession. <laughs> yeah. Eric practicing. becomes very, very <laughs> full of himself very quickly. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's been discovered. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because the the four of them deflate him so quickly. <laughs> yes, Minkus was discovered them all, and uh, <laughs> it's it's really funny because on the on the one hand. Minkus starts to chime in and Eric's hopping on board. Yeah, listen to Minkus. He's smart. I was discovered as well. (laughs) I do love Morgan coming in. Eric, (laughs) girls are going to dump you all your life. So get over it. Oh, I loved it. Eric, girls are going to dump you all your life. So get over it. There's just no mercy from the weasel. (laughs) Yes, very supportive little sibling. Little monsters. Monsters, indeed. And uh, it's at this point that Eric really gets on Alan's nerves. <laughs> hmm I, I like that he's repeating how much he spent, and he's just grabbing the back of his neck. Not that I, as a dad, would ever think to do anything <laughs> like that. But, you know, just grabs $90 yeah. and immediately Amy very calmly like, let's go talk outside. Yes. Uh, yeah. Eric informs <laughs> informs Alan and Amy that he's uh, quitting the market giant. He's turning in his apron. Uh, what, what's his official title now? He's he's uh, head head not stock. Is he still stock boy? Could be. Bagger. 
Either way, yeah. he's he's not just some grunt on the back of the line. He's actually worked right. his way up a little bit. He's got a little I, I bit like, of status. I do like what Alan says. Uh, I uh, she goes. I'd like to be outside. I know you would, but my anger will still be in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, I've I know I've said something similar to that at times. Yes, mm-hmm. and so and, uh, uh, I, but before we get outside, uh, Alan says, "I'll be back." <laughs> In a Schwarzenegger-esque uh, fashion. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, for you younger viewers, uh, that's from The Terminator. And to educate yourself, go watch The Terminator. And then, to re-educate yourself, watch Terminator 2. And if you're not allowed to watch rated R movies, then you're missing out and just Google on YouTube, I'll be back, and... Wonderfulness. And just remember, if you're a younger viewer who's too young to watch rated R movies, it's dad number one this week, Tyler, who's trying to convince you to go behind your parents' backs and no, disobey no. them. If, <laughs> if you get permission from your parents, I mean, I'll show, I'll let my son see the clip of I'll be back because that's not a big deal. Oh, uh, there is a. Uh, Honestly, we. We watched Jurassic Park a couple, like a month or two ago, and he handled that fine. He could handle Terminator. Oh, wow, yeah. If he can handle watching a guy get chomped on while sitting on a toilet, he can handle Terminator. I think he thought it was pretty funny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) If if you're not averse to a little bit of uh, profanity, there's a fun little video making its rounds on social media right now, learning the alphabet with Arnold. Um, <laughs> completely not here or there, but as Amy leads Alan outside, I did clip this conversation cause I thought it would be, uh, uh, I thought it would be beneficial for us to hear. I know exactly what you were going to say to him. And you no, you don't know what I was about to say to him. Yes. You were going to say, Eric, get your butt down to that mall. And I don't want to see you again until you get your money back. Okay. What was he going to say? I don't know. He's he's more complex than you. Anyway, the point is that we've made mistakes with money. Let him make his. Honey, what are we supposed to do? Just hang back, do nothing? We are doing something. We're trusting our child, and if he makes a mistake, he'll learn from it. I've been a parent for 15 years, and I think I know a little better than to trust my own kids. Look, guys, I, mean, I feel like a total jerk. You shouldn't let me manage my own money. Going back to the mall, see if I can get it back. Thanks for not jumping on my case. That's okay, honey. I married you for your buddy. Now, granted, your son is not old enough to have been discovered at the mall and, you know, no. quit his job. My, my son business. hasn't done anything truly, like, earth-shattering, like, dumb yet. Uh, so I haven't experienced this yet, you know, but I know someday it's going to come and it's going to come hard and I am going to be ready to terminate. <laughs> terminate. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had quite this situation, but there have been times where we have uh, stepped back and allowed uh, our kids to learn from their own mistakes. Um uh, you know, never, never far enough away. You know, we don't give them, we like to give them uh, a fair amount of rope, but not enough to hang themselves with it, so to speak. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I can definitely relate to Alan, and uh, uh, I can. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of bounce to Amy's step as she uh, heads back inside and lets Alan mm-hmm. know that uh, you know she married him for other reasons than just his parenting skills. Well, I. I like that she says, I know exactly what you were going to say, but I don't know what my kid's going to say. And there's something about our wives understanding who we become (laughs) when we start (laughs) to see a little more red Mm -hmm. and very much understand where the train is going to go. And so of understanding of how, okay, let's pump the brakes on your end. Okay, let's try to help them to understand where they're going wrong. Mm -hmm. He's more complex than you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I would almost be insulted by that, but at the same time, Oddly comforted that my wife knew me that well, if I were in Alan's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, but again, Eric is still discovering who he is. Mm-hmm. And Alan is a fully formed person. And Amy's been with him long enough to know what his triggers are mm-hmm. and know what's going to set him off. And yep, indeed, you know, <laughs> and I, in no way, I think, is Alan truly going to hurt his his son he's just you know he's angry for the Mm -hmm. mistake he has made and he's going to want him to make up for it she just sees that his anger is not going to help the situation any if it's just unleashed right well and just because he may be justified in his feelings as we like to talk about in our household you can have those feelings but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that we have to endure those like if you're going (laughs) to act like that maybe you have to be in this other room over here and deal with your emotions over there you are more than entitled to feel your feelings but that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. everyone around you needs to feel them like you do right now Mm -hmm. yes so eric leaves but he comes back, and he's got a job. The mall. He's yeah. He, well, he has to the yeah. He has the mall. Fifty dollars for a job. Now, yeah, I'm no model, but even for 1993, that seems like a sm- that seems low. Uh, it sounds honest to goodness like we just need somebody. Eh, throw them fifty bucks. I'm sure they'll take it. I mean, when. Okay, uh, let's see. What was it? 1997, 98, I started working at Dairy Queen. And I could make $50 in the span of a day if I really worked open to close. Right. I mean, so to me, 1993, $50 for one modeling gig, it just seems really low. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, even if Eric is still only working like a half shift or two, like there's no way he wouldn't get that within a few days of working. Oh, yes. But still to Eric, $50 in one fell swoop, not having to punch in and punch out for a couple of shifts. And not having to actually work for it. He gets to be a model and just look pretty. Don't hate me. Yeah. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Which, let's just take a, just a quick second. People that actually do modeling work, like, it's not just about them being pretty people. Like, they do actually have to work, and they're scrutinized a lot, and it's not an easy gig. I, I always hate whenever people go, oh, that person's a model. Well, they have a job. 
Like they're making money. Why are you talking down to them just because of this or expecting something out of them because of that? You know, it's like they're just another person. Let's just treat them like another person. Assume that they clock in and clock out. It just looks different. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really good episode uh, from The New Girl where main character tries to do the modeling gig for her friend. She can't do it. And she struggles the whole way through. And she just goes, I have no idea how you do this. And she goes, practice. Back to the living room where Corey is sitting cross-legged as, uh, yes, as politically incorrect as it would be uh, sitting in the nineties, we called it sitting Indian style. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on mm-hmm. the living room floor, reading a book and learning all about being Navajo. And I gotta say, Corey's putting in effort. Yes. It is It is quite enjoyable to see him actually try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's not just throwing his stuff at uh, Panga. He's Even though this is a leftovers assignment, he's actually putting in the work. He's not going to tank the group assignment because he's the one that didn't try. And Mm -hmm. the fact that he's trying to connect with Alan over being the dad here, it's kind of, it's just kind of cute and kind of awesome. So let's hear about it. You know what the tough thing is about being married? Actually being married? (laughs) Yeah, that's. And learning to be the type of husband your wife wants you to be. Were you going to say something, sweetheart? (laughs) Not for the last 18 years, darling. Hey, you get your money back? Better than that, I got a career. Excuse me? Look, Dad, we spent a lot of great times together, and I'm never going to forget how well you treated me. Son, are we breaking up? (laughs) Well, actually, I'm leaving my job at the store. I got my first job as a model. It's just the beginning for me. I'm uh, giving you your apron back. Thanks for taking it so well, Dad. Don't do anything. Let him work it out for himself. Fabulous. He was supposed to realize his own mistake. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't even think about it, sweetheart. Sit back, do nothing. We've raised a perfect teenage boy who's quite capable of running his own life. Alan, I'm letting you out of your cage. Thank you. <laughs> the beast is unleashed. Oh yes, uh-huh. that's probably my favorite line. Is Alan kind of just throwing it back a little bit of like, "Oh no, honey, you were right," <laughs> and then just saying, "I'm letting you out of your cage," and then him just going off to the wind to yell at his son. The newspaper goes everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. The, mm-hmm. I've been unleashed. I've been there. I've had that. Mm-hmm. I've had that permission given. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and again, I will say having a five-year-old, it's it's different. You can't quite do that. But there is a level two. Okay, well, now dad's getting up and dad's getting involved. Like, you could have worked this out with mom and everything could have been fine for you. But you pushed it and now you're being disrespectful to mommy. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, so we get uh, we get our act break back, or back from our act break, and Eric uh, is getting reamed out in the living room. Not that yep. he's getting a ream of paper thrown at him. That's what it originally no, meant. No, no. <laughs> he's, he's just the he chain is getting is the talking off, to. The cage is gone. He's getting a stern talking to from Alan. Yeah, and uh, I love that it's not just Alan yelling at him and berating him. 
but he's actually trying to help make him understand, help him understand. And I, I, I've clipped uh, what he is trying to teach Eric in this moment. That is not the way you make an important decision that will change your life. You want to make an important decision? You consider every aspect of it. And after you have thoroughly thought this through, then, and only then, because I am confident in the way you were brought up, I will support you in what you want to do. Those are such solid and wise words. Mm -hmm. They really are. I I mean, uh, it's, and it's, entirely supportive. Alan is saying, look, if you have thought this through, if you have actually weighed all of the pros and the cons, if you have thought through what this actually means for you, only then I will completely support you. He might not agree with him. He might not understand it, but if he can see that Eric has actually put in the effort and the work to think this through, I can show that it's not just a spur of the moment seat of his pants decision, then he'll support him whether he agrees with it or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a message that we lose today that support has become equated with agree and condone and accept support is something that is, it's been so entwined with all of these other things that is very hard even in my own home sometimes to explain that I can support you as my child, even if I don't agree with you or if I don't condone Mm. your thought process or agree with what you want to do, I can still support you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we've lost in this world today. Yeah. Well, and I think this is why when you and I sit down and to do this podcast, it feels like we're getting an education on being a dad. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, Alan is yelling at his son, but he's trying to make it clear of why he is angry. He's not angry because of the choice. He's angry because of the lack of thought behind the choice. And if he's going to make a choice as to quit the job that Alan got him, he worked his way up. He probably has a better uh, lifestyle right now because of it, a little more comfortable to throw that away to just chase one thing, you know, is not a wise decision. Mm -hmm. And Eric says, I want to be a supermodel anyway. I want to be a supermodel. And I've been Alan in that moment. Uh I have physically hit myself as I bury my face in my hands because of sometimes it's just frustration at poor choices. Sometimes it's because the world is full of people who are just dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is very much a I don't want your life situation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but he relents and he decides to let Eric learn from his bonehead mistake. He's, you know, you, you pick your battles as a parent sometimes. And this is a battle that he's chosen to let, you know, you know this is a situation I, I made the reference to giving my kids enough <laughs> rope. He's letting Eric have more rope. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Eric's either going to sink or swim. We're going to mix metaphors here for a moment. Eric's either going to sink or swim here. And Al's giving mm-hmm. him, Alan is giving him enough rope that he can either fly or he's going to hang himself. <laughs> and 
let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I like how he says, I'm not the type of father who dismisses his son's well-considered aspirations with some quickly tossed off parental negativity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I like you saying, if you are saying you've thought this out, then I'll support you. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't agree dead. with it. He doesn't support it. Clearly, he doesn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't support it. And he doesn't like it. <laughs> I like how Corey B is like, really? You're going to let this go? happen <laughs> pretty quickly. Shut up. <laughs> I think I'm trying to remember. I might have clipped. Look, Dad, I know something about being a father, and I know that this plan of yours cannot possibly work. If I ran my school family like that, I'd get an F. Don't you see Eric's making a huge mistake? Uh, well, Cora, let me tell you something about being a father. Um, it doesn't matter if you see it or I see it. It only matters that he doesn't see it. And so uh, and this all happens in front of Corey as he's getting prepared mm-hmm. for his own class assignment, which we find out later is based around this idea of one of the kids wants to get a tattoo. Which mm-hmm. would have been helpful to know ahead of time. That, that I don't know. That's just would have been interesting. But all of this is happening right in front of Corey, and he gets to see a really great look at what it means to be from the outside. This is not him involved in the picture at all. But how does a dad who is invested in caring for his son and wanting the best for him, and having invested into his son for fifteen years? How does he handle his son making a boneheaded decision uh, that you can't win in this situation if you're Alan? Because even if you do Mm -hmm. win and you you convince Eric, no, you've crushed him at the same time. Yeah. Well, I I like that. uh, Potentially still in slight frustration, Alan makes it clear this is not an assignment. Mm hmm. This is real life. Exactly. I'm trying to help my son now in this moment. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can let him succeed is to potentially let him fail as well. Yeah. And he has to live with that. Yeah. I mean, Eric may fail here, but it's better that he fail here than he fa- and learn from it now when there's a safety net, then he fail later in life when there isn't a safety net to learn with exactly. and from. So double standard, clear cut rules. Do we parent children, different children differently? Hmm. I don't know. I just threw that in my notes there. Yeah. <laughs> Answer. Of um, yes. Yes. And yes, <laughs> we, I do parent all three <laughs> of my children differently. There are sometimes what is perceived to be double standard and yes, there are clear cut rules and sometimes those rules do get shifted a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like how he's like, well, how am I going to learn? How am I supposed to do this? Ask your wife, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, could we play the clip that I had sent you before we get to this uh, situation? Um, yes. A lunch bell sounded and I thought maybe you and I could grab a bite ski at this charming little place I know called the cafeteria. What would be the point, Corey? Well, first I'm going to take a step back, and then I'm going to tell you. There are three points. I'm hungry, you're my girlfriend, and it's Taco Bar Tuesday. You would feed tacos to our child? Our what? You, you and I are going to have a child? Wait a minute, we've only kissed. I mean, I knew I was a good kisser, but wow. 
our future child, the one we'd have if we got married. Oh, that kid, would I feed him tacos? Yeah, at four for 99 cents. He's gonna be taco crazy. You're not getting that I'm really upset with you. Oh, no, my precious peach. I had that right away. Do you know why I'm upset with you? Yes, me. Something I've done or haven't done or did do but didn't do properly. You know what that said? Taco! You let Billy stay up last Friday night. You'd rather be pals with our kids than a strong, responsible role model. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet, if I may, at the risk of being argumentative, we don't have any kids. And we're not gonna. You know why? Because we're just kissing? Because I believe that a family falls apart if there are not strong, authoritative role models at home. Topanga, it wasn't our home. It wasn't our kid. Now, I'm sure what you're saying probably makes a lot of sense, but right now my blood sugar level's dropping, and all I want's a little taco. <laughs> Well, if that taco is more important to you than our child, then this family has dysfunction written all over it. Hey, Gore! Taco! I don't think I'm supposed to have one. <laughs> so I just, I thought we needed to have a feeling of uh, maybe how Topanga's view on... Uh, <laughs> what the model family should be. Um, Indeed. Because it's nothing like who she wants Corey to act like now. It definitely changes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we get into the model family conflict. Uh, we discover that the uh, older, cooler brother uh, wants to get a tattoo. Nice. And uh, the family discusses upon what that should look like. And Sean has a little something to uh, offer. And uh, I didn't clip his his uh, message, but he, he channels Minkus. Such a good geek, I scared myself. <laughs> but he, he speaks of not understanding why anyone would want to mar their body with uh, mm -hmm. graffiti, basically. And uh, <laughs> Minkus... <laughs> Pinhead. Minkus really, really, uh, really goes off on Sean with all the sass and Mr. Feeney's warning about natural selection ruling the blackboard <laughs> jungle is hilarious. <laughs> when Minkus commits to the bit, he commits to the bit. That's for sure. That he does. And uh, what's it? Uh, he uh, pays Sean off and uh, asks him if it would be enough. Sean says, keep talking. You know, Corey gives his response of what he feels should occur. Uh, Topanga then responds how she feels. Nam yoho renge kio, you are so bizarre. <laughs> yes. Uh, Topanga then says, I've decided without benefit of discussion with my spouse, because that's the kind of husband you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> the tattoo will have to wait. And then Minkus just rips open his shirt to reveal he has adorned himself with a tattoo. Stuart, a tattoo. It speaks to me. <laughs> Minkus, you've got a dark side. It speaks to me. <laughs> Minkus has gone out and solved the problem in his own way, figuring... Mm -hmm. As his character, that's how he would solve it. And Corey's yeah. got a problem with it. Yeah, I was going to say, honest to goodness, the way that Sean has written his perfect brother to be, that is how he would resolve the issue. He would mm -hmm. just 
there wouldn't be a discussion. It would just be he would do it himself. Right. And depending upon what type of family you grow up in, that is a way to handle it. Uh, that's not the way that my family would handle it. Mm. Uh, and yeah, yeah. depending upon how old uh, Minkus is, his character in this moment, unless he is 18 years old, he needs a parental <laughs> consent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know of Unless, any states that he can do that, especially not Philly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, PA and Ohio both a no go unless you're uh, eighteen. Yeah, even in '93, I don't know which parent he got to consent to that. Maybe he, maybe yeah. he snuck Corey in, and Corey just forgot because he was meditating. Maybe. Um, I mean, basically, <laughs> from what I was looking at, um. Yeah, all states basically are, you got to be at least uh, 18 if you don't need parental consent. And basically, parental consent, as long as the parent's okay with it, you can do almost any age, which is kind of scary when you think about it. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Because if you have a bad parent, technically, that's all you need, and you can give it to anyone you want, as long as the tattoo artist is willing to do it. Yeah, you get some interesting stuff there. Um, Corey's kind of upset. Corey is the only one truly upset because <laughs> Minkus has messed up, I don't know, a chance at a good grade. Well, Corey's actually put in the work here. We saw him studying. We saw him learning from his own father. And Mr. Feeney really kind of diffuses this just in such a great way. There is no model household. There are no model parents. I think the only way you can judge a family is by how much love there is in the home. Excellent point, Miss Lawrence. A family is a living, breathing thing that requires constant adjustment and change. But Beaver's dad never changed. You always knew what he was going to say. Beaver's dad wasn't real. Real fathers have to adapt. Real fathers don't have a script like Beaver's father did. I guess it's easy to sound smart when you got the best writers in Hollywood writing everything you say. I wouldn't know. I think we need to break the whole fourth wall, breaking the fourth wall. So we have a show talking about another show and how real fathers don't have a script <laughs> and how technically Alan Matthews has a script. So he has the things to say where as a real life father, sometimes you don't have the right things to say. And five seconds after you say it, you go, oh, no, I should not have said that. <laughs> it's so meta. I'm lost inside myself. <laughs> Yeah, I just like my my brain. I don't know if I'm just tired, but my brain is breaking right now because it's like, because uh, uh, uh. I mean, Feeney, you know, he maybe doesn't have the best writers, he says. But, you know, essentially, if you're if you're talking about Boy Meets World, the show, <laughs> I just like the way that they handle it with Mr. Feeney with the joke. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> but, a little self-deprecating just... humor there. <laughs> I, I like for this whole situation, though, that Feeney makes it clear potentially that, like, there's not really a true grade on the line here. This is just a life lesson, and we're just talking about a life lesson. Mm-hmm. And there are no ideal families. There are no necessarily no. wrong answers in this situation. Then In life, there are going to be wrong answers, but right. there's there's no perfect answer here. Because right. every family exactly. is going to be different. Every family is a, believe, a living, breathing organism here. 
Well, and every family has to deal with their own stuff on their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because a conflict arises in one family doesn't mean they're going to have that same conflict arise themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's understanding the difference of who are the the parents or parent or who who is in the authority position and how do they interact with said child. And understanding that not every single house is going to be run the same way. I mean, heck, you know, we change up how we parent almost on a year to year basis at this point. Yes, our son's growing and developing, but we're also adapting some of the ways that we're trying to communicate, trying new things all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't do the whole let your kid call you by the first name situation and uh, you know we don't do the whole there's no need for no no there's a need for no (laughs) no is a a requirement and there is punishments when we do bad things Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're back to the mall Brett and Eric is showing up all uh, feeling handsome feeling ready to go and he discovers there's a slight problem with uh, his modeling gig, Brett. There is indeed. And uh, <laughs> Sean says it best. Eric, this may come as somewhat of a shock, but you're a lobster, dude. <laughs> yes, you're a lobster. And just a, a, a toss a, a toss out to uh, some of the other actors here on the side, because we will see them again. The two babes that are, well, we'll start with Matt Kirkwood is a photographer. He's got 20 acting credits. This is his second of seven appearances on the show. Wow. He was one of the TV voices in class pre-union. Okay. He will actually play chubby in one episode of season five. And uh, so he'll be on the show a few times. Uh, Tracy is played by Kelly Packard. Uh, We will see her again. This is her first of three appearances on Boy Meets World. She had guest roles on Step by Step, The Wonder Years, before this, best known for her roles on California Dreams and Baywatch. Wait, hold on. We went uh, two IMDb's in a row without a very important thing being stated. What's that? Step by step, day by day. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Continue. Uh, And Aaron is played by Stephanie Dicker. She has 20 acting credits, and this is her first of two appearances on Boy Meets World, so we will see her again. Nice. Uh, Guest rules on Saved by the Bell, The New Class, Married with Children, Blossom, Beverly Hills 90210, and Friends. Her longest run was a role on the one-year show, one season, Fame LA. Hmm. Interesting. And I like the way that Rich answers the sidekick when he asks him who he is when the babes say, we're the babes that hang out with him because he's a model. Yeah. Yeah, That's nothing like uh, (laughs) hanging out with some girls just because they you have a title that they're interested in and that's it. Oh yeah. But Rich is... I'm the happy sidekick. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. But uh, Eric tries to get Corey and uh, Sean to get rid of Jason and the girls. And uh, he doesn't say to them, hey, whatever you do, don't let them stick around. Uh, mm. Jason immediately hears about the contest and the girls convince him, oh, we want a free dinner. <laughs> a free lobster dinner since Eric is the lobster and he can't quit. He signed a contract. He signed a contract. But why is why do they need a model to be the lobster? He's in a full body costume. Yes, you can see his face, but he's in a full body costume. No one's looking at his beautiful face. And I mean, 
He was signed in part because of his hair, I'm sure. Probably. But probably this whole situation is it's a talent booking thing. And, you know, to say model is nicer than saying any random person willing to get dunked in a tank of butter. (laughs) And I do. Yeah. I will say in light of the Me Too movement, (laughs) Eric trying to say, (laughs) have you ever where something so humiliating I could only imagine for A, the actress and B, the potential backstory of this character to go yeah, you have no idea, you're getting off lucky bye ah, <laughs> uh, yes mm-hmm. now I will say, Eric might have been able to salvage some dignity and might have been able to hide part of his face in the costume mm-hmm if Morgan hadn't wandered on the scene and blown his cover. <laughs> yeah, that did not help him. And the girls, of course, maybe we should be sensitive and understanding. Then we wouldn't be us. I was never attracted to girls with personalities like this when I was in high school. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there and I could be wrong. People can tell me I'm wrong. But I think when I was in high school, those type of girls kind of went away like i'm not saying there weren't girls that still wanted status and whatnot but i don't know like i never met a lot of these mean girls like this still met girls that were stuck up but you know actually did something other than just yeah nothing i'm sure that i'm sure this is amplified a bit for tv's sake Mm mm-hmm I, I I can't say for sure that I knew girls like this to this extent, to this level, mm-hmm. but I could definitely point out girls that I knew in high school that would have had that type of personality. Yeah. Um, but Eric and Jason are into girls like this, and Eric gets dunked. Brett, what are you talking <laughs> about? They're just into any girls whatsoever, any girl, anywhere. Well, yes, Sarah, but I was trying to give them a little credit. They're just horn dogs. I, They're big old hormones and high tops. Again, what <laughs> happened to Linda? Where is Linda? I liked Linda. Eric was such a great boyfriend to Linda. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Maybe. I like her. Maybe that's the whole situation of I was kissing, you know. I was getting a neck sucked on or kissing a girl, and I don't even know who that ah, was. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so Eric's swimming in butter. We go back home. He's laid out the kitchen as uh, like it's at the market giant. He's trying to get his job back at the market giant, but the position's already been filled, and Alan is having a really rough heart to heart with him. And. Uh, you know, let's let's listen in. Could you do that, Dad? I'm the store manager. It's kind of my job. You gotta give my job back, Dad. Eric, I can't fire somebody just because you suddenly want to come back. <sighs> Dad, do you remember when I was little and we used to play Monopoly and and I'd roll the dice and land on Boardwalk while you had a hotel on it? Yeah. Well, you called a miss roll and you let me roll again. Yeah. Well, Dad, this modeling thing, I I miss rolled. Yeah, but. You're not little anymore. You wanted to make your own decisions, live your own life? I let you. Oh, I know, but come on, Dad, just for old time's sake, can I be little again? Well, Eric, I'm not always going to be there to give you another role. I I know, but you're here now. I mean, you're my father. You're supposed to help me. Can I have my job back, please? No. (sighs) 
but we could use some help on the weekend night shift. My old job? <sighs> Goodbye Friday and Saturday nights. <laughs> What's the difference? After those two girls tell all the other girls about your secret life as a lobster, do you think you'll ever date again? <laughs> I'll take the job. <laughs> Oof, you're good. Oh, you think so, huh? Yeah, because when you're a good father like you and me, you realize that once in a while, kids do stupid things like become a lobster or get a tattoo. But a family's a living, breathing thing. And you didn't let that throw you. Did you get a tattoo? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yes. I love how Alan is immediately going for, did you get a tattoo? Well, I, I like that Alan, in this moment, is both balancing out being... Eric's boss and being Eric's dad. And as his mm -hmm. dad, he wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. But as his boss, he can't. Yes. And I'd argue it's only because of nepotism that he still has a job at the market giant. Yeah, there. I mean, anyone else walks out and quits like that, no two weeks notice, nothing else. I mean, there's you're not coming back. The only reason you're coming back is you're the boss's kid. Right. Well, and if Eric had given two weeks of notice done the gig, realized that it didn't work out, he easily could have continued his job. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. He decided, I quit. I don't need this anymore. But this is his safety net. When my dad would manage a hardware store, he would tell us about times when he'd have teenage boys just decide, yep, we're going to quit. And he's like, what are you doing? You're, like, You're good workers. Like, you quit on mm -hmm. me? Like, I can't give a recommendation now. Yeah. So, dear dear listeners, understand that if you're going to quit somewhere, give notice unless you've hit got enough money that you don't need to work again. Unless you're hitting the lottery or get hit by a bus yeah. and getting a large settlement, give notice. Yeah. Don't burn your bridges. I got to say, as a Monopoly fan, I do appreciate them bringing this up. <laughs> yes, my children discovered Monopoly this year. If they're playing Monopoly right, though... The amount of money that Alan would need to get hotels on Boardwalk, but also Park Place, if you're playing it correctly, is a lot. I know some people play oh, yes. it where the moment you get a place, you can start putting hotels on and whatnot. We don't. We play the right way. You play where you <laughs> got to get the actual Monopoly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're looking at like $2,000 in-game cash just to get to the hotel on there. And it's almost impossible to do get someone to land on Broadway like they must have mm -hmm. been playing for hours if Alan was able to get <laughs> enough cash to do that yep. who's to say what type of of uh, rules they're playing with I honestly think it's only there for the joke's sake not the actual like he actually did it I'm saying yeah because <laughs> otherwise there's no way a kid is going to stay that invested for an adult to get boardwalk hotels. Well, you never know. Yeah. I do love that it ends with Alan bringing his attention back to Corey and, you know, teasing him about, did you get a tattoo? You're like, what? <laughs> He's like, show me, show me. Did you yep. get a tattoo? Where is it? Oh, yes. And then, you know, Corey going back to the mall trying to get Alexis's attention. Yeah. You got 90 bucks? See ya. See ya.
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that was an episode, Brett. Taco. <laughs> I'm really happy you have that. So before we end this episode, Brett, uh, I have an opinion that I need to get across, and uh, I think you need to hear it right now. All right. All right. We are recording Grayson's reaction to Model Family. So, Grayson Edward, did you watch an episode of Boy Meets World with me? Yes, I did. Yeah? Did you enjoy the episode? Uh-huh. Good. What did you think was funny about it? Because Minkus had a tattoo on. Minkus had a tattoo on. Do you think it was funny that Minkus was acting like Sean and then he showed a tattoo? Yeah. Did you think it was silly that um, that Sean was acting like Minkus as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Corey was acting like Topanga? Yeah. And Topanga was acting like uh, Corey? Yeah. Yeah. Did you think that was also silly? Yeah. Yeah. Did you learn anything from the episode? Mm-hmm. What'd you learn? I learned about model family. Yeah. About I'm learned about family always like get to what let me get break the rules. Sometimes families break the rules, yeah, but there's no set family how things have to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so do you think our family, uh, do you think we break the rules sometimes? Yep. Yeah. Do you break the rules sometimes? Yes. Yeah. But do you think we have fun and we're a loving family? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Eric? He went out of crab. Yeah, he was a little lobster. <laughs> Did you think that was silly? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Eric coming in and being on the stove? Was that a good idea? No. No. Was there a quote from the episode you want to say? Uh, because Eric they fell down in the water. Yeah, he fell down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you enjoy watching Boy Meets World with Daddy? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And do you like listening to the podcast? Mm-hmm. Are you excited to be on it? Yes. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say to all the listeners? Uh-huh. What? Um, make sure you grab for a thumbs up. Subscribe for a thumbs up. Should you subscribe and give a thumbs up? Should they leave a review? Leave a review for every day. Yeah, and then we'll Five read it on the star. podcast. Five-star review? Yep. <laughs> Do a cut, if you want. What grade would you give this episode from A to F? What would you give it? Um, to F. You give it an F? Yep. Why would you give it an F? Because. Okay, so. Is it an F for funny? Yeah. Okay, so did, was it like A, like it was really, really good? Was it B, like it was just good? Um, A. It was an A? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really enjoyed it? Yep, I do. <laughs> okay. Do you want to give your uh, farkle? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was Grace and Edward. You said bye? Bye. <laughs> oh, that little boy. <laughs> he uh, has been asking to do something on the podcast. And so I was like, well, how about you give a little reaction to the video or to the movie, mm-hmm. TV show, whatever it is we're watching. And uh, I said, okay, <laughs> let's try it. And so there it was. <laughs>
our number one uh, <laughs> listener finally got to be on the show. There we go. <laughs> so, Brett, uh, what uh, what'd you learn this week? Well, this week uh, I had the pleasure of learning there's not a set list of rules and guidelines to follow for an ideal family unit. Each child is different and needs freedom to make their own mistakes as they learn and grow. What about you, Tyler? I think one of the things I've learned um, primarily from Alan is that it's okay to have your emotions as a dad, to be frustrated and angry, but to channel that in a positive direction. And to make sure that you're trying your best to help your kid understand what what it is you want them to understand. At the same time, if they're being so stubborn of just, okay, letting it be. So, yeah, this honestly was a great episode. And curious, Brett, uh, what type of grade would you give this? I said, you know, initially I had settled on... uh, uh, on a B, but I just through our discussion, I raised it up to a, a solid A. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd probably go with an A minus in all honesty. Um, like this really was a great, great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, I just, I don't think it's as close to the, the top tier as we've cracked so far, but it's not like it's that far away from it. Um, mm-hmm. I think some of it's like those little things that kind of annoy me. And there, there is a part of Eric's uh, storyline that does frustrate me and feels kind of 90s TV, if that makes sense. Like random character wearing a random costume and they get randomly dunked into a tank. Like you can see that on any television show. But again, I do like that we're seeing more with Eric and we also now have a friend for Eric. Yes. So that is nice. I agree. Yeah. I wish we would have seen a little more of Amy, but you know, you can only get so much, I guess. Yep. And the parts where she was there, she was solid. Exactly. Well, Brett, I think this has been a Dad's Meat World episode so far, except for one thing. It is. And I am waiting on, I'm waiting on the edge of my seat for a dad joke. (laughs) You told me it's a good one. I don't know if it's a good one, but it's something. So, uh, <laughs> as you know, Brett, we're, we're doing a lot of uh, remodeling, you know, still finishing up uh, the house and everything. Um, so, you know, my son and I were walking through Lowe's and, and we get into the light area, you know, like where they have all the light bulbs all over the place, you know, so bright. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And my son's looking around like, there's just so much light. And I'm like, no, son. It's lit. <laughs> I need a little. <laughs> I need a little drum set here. Yeah, but um, that's my attempt to take a meme and turn it into a dad joke. <laughs> that might be your best one yet. I think it is too. All right. Well. And this has officially been an episode of Dad's Meat World. That's right. 15 deep. 
good looking people. Yeah. If you'd like to find us online, YouTube has finally released handles. So it's easy to find us everywhere online by going to Instagram and Twitter, which is woefully <laughs> unupdated. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And YouTube at Dad's Meat World. And you can drop us a message via email at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. Tyler, where can we stalk you online? Well, I don't want anybody stalking me, but if anyone actually wants to chat with me, uh, you can always chat with me on Twitter, Tyler Volk, or on any of our social media platforms. I'm always wandering around those things, so feel free to drop a comment and I'm sure we'll talk back. Are you going to pay eight bucks to get yourself verified on Twitter? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, you can uh, you, you can uh, stalk me online on uh, Instagram or Twitter at uh, Dr. Headley Art. Uh, you'll see some of my art there and uh, working on some new... Uh, uh, working on some new Dad's Meat World stuff or, and some Boy Meets World stuff that might show up by the time this episode airs. So, yeah, watch right there. Yeah, let's not stalk anybody. Stalking's not a good thing, Brett. Let's not encourage that. Stalking is bad, kids. <laughs> yes. With Unless you're a parent said... <laughs> double-checking on the other people to make sure that they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's late. We got to get out of here. <laughs> yes, we do. So, I, I'm one of your uh, pod daddies, Tyler, signing off. Good looking people. <laughs> Apparently, I'm your other pod daddy, Brett. We'll see you next time. Good looking people. <laughs> pod daddy. Oh. I thought of it, so I did it. I don't know why I did it, but I thought it, and I said, yep, let's do it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. Uh, oh, pod daddy, that's dead. I'm going to put that on a shirt. I'm your uh, Who's your pod daddy? I really don't want you to, but we have to. Uh, now available in the Dad's Meat World shop. Who's your pod daddy? Uh, you're so wrong. Poor choices, poor choices, poor choices. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Okay, let's break the fourth. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I forgot that that was that little bit there. I didn't know how long cut the fourth. Sorry, uh, I was just gonna say. I welcome back to Jazz New World. I got a pop tart in my mouth. My apologies. Brett said, "Let's go," and all of a sudden, I take a big bite. I'm like, well, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> Sorry, let's try this again. Welcome to Dad's Meat World. I am one of your dads, Tyler. And I'm your other dad, Brett. <laughs>